This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. My guest on Front Row Rugby today is Springbok legend, former loose forward, Tim Dlulane. Tim, welcome. Thank you, uh, yeah, thank you, Peter. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, it's great. I'm looking forward to this interview. And I think I, I view every day as an opportunity. And uh, thank you for this opportunity. And uh, many things can come out of this. Tim, before we get started with our conversation, here's this week's trivia question. Who captained the Springboks in the first test against New Zealand in 1994? If you know the answer to the question, you can put it down in the comment section. But what we will do is find out if Tim knows the answer to that question at the end of our conversation. Tim, let's get going and we'll begin in 2004. How did it feel for you to be selected for the Springboks to go on that end of year tour in 2004? Yeah, I think Peter, uh, before this meet or the, this interview, I kind of uh, saying, well, uh, let me put myself in that moment. And uh, I was at the, at the Pumas enjoying my rugby. And um, Pumalanga Pumas, if you've got, you've got an understanding of it, uh, just outside Pretoria, it was about um, an hour away from Pretoria. And based in the University of Pretoria, playing rugby, enjoying my rugby. And actually, I wasn't expecting the call. And I think that's how I can, I can be honestly uh, on it. I was just trying to find my feet in professional rugby, find my feet in, in, uh, in the Curry Cup. And we have a, a wonderful uh, team as the Pumas. I think that's what uh, made me to make the India Tour uh, 2004. And which is 18 years ago. And then it, it's like, like yesterday when I think of it. And it comes as a surprise, a good surprise, because as a player, you just want to be a springbok. You just want to represent your country. And then on our, on our part of that, I knew that we were having an outstanding team. I think uh, the Lucys for the Pumas, uh, Jacques Bottas, Gerard Foslo, myself. And then knowing that uh, if you can remember, I think we beat the Sharks. We beat uh, Lions, we beat, um, I think, the Cheetahs. And unfortunately, we didn't manage to beat uh, Bulls and Western Province. But then being a small union and doing that and having, I think we were closer to qualifying the top four in the Curry Cup. So I, I knew I was my top performing uh, as an athlete. And then we, are having, we were having a solid team, as solid uh, well forwards. And I think that, that was what put me in that team, knowing that I was performing one of the best players, one of the best number six in the country, where I knew that was, there was uh, Soli, there was uh, Scott Beggar, and then uh, Jacques from the, from the, from the, uh, the Bulls. Um, and then, uh, uh, well, may he saw uh, rest in peace and paid for Nolanpe. So those are the guys that I knew that, they were there, they were in line, and then Luke Watson was also there. So it, it came surprisingly, but good surprise. So you're in Wales, you're in Cardiff. It's the week of that first test of the end of year tour against the Welsh. You're selected for the matchday squad. Did you expect to be in that matchday squad? Was there any kind of conversation that you had with Jake White before the announcement? Yeah, I think I must, I must say thank you to Jake for, for giving the opportunity, first of all, because uh, as I said, that every day is an opportunity. I think for, for Jake, uh, Peter, it's, it's understanding that he needed players to build for the 2007 World Cup. So I think on my side, I knew that I had to put up my head and to make it because you want to play the World Cup. Yes, I'm, sele I'm selected. And I must be honest, I don't want to 
I think Jake had fought in the match. Uh, I think we also spoke about it. He fought in the match. There was just five minutes left, and he just wanna you know to take off the nerves uh, from from myself being in the bench. Then the second game will be better. Then uh, I ended up playing ten minutes, which was you know more than the coach has planned, and then the time well was was well extended. So on my part was that you know what. Um, it's something that you lived for. And I'll, I'll tell you back, Peter, in, in, in when I was watching Rugby World Cup 1995, seeing Madiba, the former president, um, wedding number six, and I was at home in Russian sky. And um, in Ellis Park, when Madiba was, was lifting up that um, World Cup, um, uh, a World Cup trophy with Francois Pinard, I said, well, I want to be there. I want to be there one day because rugby has the ability to unite the nation. I want to be that person. And I was sitting there and being a Royal Trans guy, I didn't know how to play rugby. I was 14 years old. And, and, then, and then, and there was one player in the world, well, a black player there, which was Chester Williams. And so, well, everybody was talking about Chester. Well, I want to be that Chester and in my time. And let me get to, 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 to play rugby. So it was a dream come true and a life-changing dream, if I can put it to you. And then on my side, when Jake said, this is the moment, Tim, you're going up. I said, well, Tim, you're living your dream. Realize it. And, you know, and when I, I, I won't lie to you. It's like, it was that first match, think about it. I never I told anybody, only you, Peter. It was like a wave. You know, when you are tumbled by the wave, so quickly turned around. I was like, shut uh, I'm trying to reach my, my, my feet, and then now the game is over. It's like, Tim, what have you done? I said, well, uh, that was the first, the first test. Maybe others are coming. So you, are, you also want to give yourself a, a chance, but not to be too hard. But first of all, you are saying you've lived your dream. And now it's saying keep on dreaming to live more games, being more... Uh, perform more to be uh, selected, but then also coming into a Jake, and then a Jake knew that there were performance targets uh, set by government. So, well, Springbok must transform. Springbok must have uh, black players, and and Jake, you know, bought in in that in that plan, which I appreciate. And it's also being a Springbok player and saying, where where, uh, where where do we come from as a country? And, but then when I get there and perform, yes, I'm a, I'm, I'm a black player and, and I'm, I'm representing uh, the rainbow, rainbow Nation, same as other players, but it's up to me to prove myself it's, I'm good enough to be in the, in the one of the, the most uh, you know, cherished uh, brand, if I can put it, uh, Springbok brand and then association on, on that professional setup. So it was a matter of a mix of, in a world, emotion, but then understanding that, Tim, you are living your dream. But then prove it yourself first, that are you good enough to be here? And as I say, it was like a wave. And it tumbled to me, and then it was over. I tried to, uh, to get, get in my feet, but then say, well, hopefully Jack will give him another chance. So it's, it's some, something that uh, as much as, we want to be there, but you have to prove it to yourself that were you good enough? I believe in the career cup was good enough to be selected. But then to be a springboard from the opportunities that 
would have been given. And then I'll come back and say, well, I was good. So, so it was unfortunate to say that 10 minutes could be more, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, there was Soliki Sol Liga on the, on the side and they were playing, was a great performer as well. And may his soul rest in peace because I knew that his other, myself, or Soli, uh, when both number six were, were also black, and then in that end um, year tour to come back because I can think of, of it, we about eight um, players of color, and those players of color, like it or not, I'm gonna just come in. They had to put their hands uh, hands up to be part of the World Cup that Jake won the World Cup with in, in, in 2007. So 2020, 2004, building up four years, and Jake won the World Cup 2000. So it was a privilege to be coached to him. And then it was a privilege as well to share his, his, his dream, his goal, his vision, and to that, that taste of professionalism. I think on my side, it changed my life. It's Saturday, South Africa versus Wales. It's match day. You wake up in the morning. How nervous were you feeling? Well, uh, Peter, I think the guys which were there in that in that team remember, and I was just the guy who came in from the Pumas, and then uh, I was nervous. And actually, it's something which I never I told anybody, but then I'm, I'm, I can gladly share with you. In the spring, spring book, uh, uh, Jake uh, doing a waves as well, there is a walk in the park. And I think the guys will laugh about it. And it's written on the, it was written on the program. And I'm thinking the walk in the park will be just uh, one a player goes up there in the park on, on their own time. But what I did not do is to ask the manager, ask the player, the players, what, what guys, what is walk in the park? But then the walk in the park is to prepare the moves. And I jump out and then the guys left and they're thinking, I know the walk in the park. I didn't ask about the walk in the park. And I'm riding, I was a bit, you know, a bit late for that walk in the park. So that's how nervous I was. I was thinking over the game, but there was other uh, items that took place. And I met uh, Brian in the, in, the, in the lift. I said, Brian, what's walk in the park? I said, Tim, walk in the park is where we walk the drills. And then uh, Jake said, Tim, I understand, you're nervous. But don't worry, and we've got a match to, to go. So I was, I was pretty nervous to, 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 to arrive late on that walk in the park, thinking um, on my side, it's just my personal walk is my me time. So, so I think those, those are the part that I was pretty nervous. I was pretty nervous. Tim, I don't know if you've read Tando Manana's uh, autobiography. Um, I'm going to include a link, uh, an affiliate link to, uh, to that book in the comment section. Um, but Tando mentioned that on the 2000 Springbok tour, when he went through his Springbok initiation, he found the process, especially as a Kosa man, he found the process to be insulting to his culture. I'm keen to hear from you. What was your process like and how did you experience it? I think on my part, it was uh, when in England, I think Brian van Rijn was, uh, thank to him, uh, was uh, to stand up. I think it was uh, when I say thank for, for him as a leader, to be bold and saying, guys, we have to transform. So, and then he gave, well, uh, capping the player that played on the, 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 in Wales. And it was, uh, I think it was a matter of, there was a change of Jake. I think uh, the world in terms of the, the initiation. It's up to the culture 
Uh, that is set by the coach and then the players buying in. I think um, uh, 2000, when uh, uh, Tando was there, it was uh, very different from mine. I think it was, I received a uh, very welcoming, but then also saying, Tim, you've just played and, and you came out of the way. So I was more worried about the game I just played, whereas I was, I was being kept. And it was, I think on my part, I never had any bad experience understanding and respecting uh, what Tando wrote. And then on my part of that, um, what was done, because every time, uh, uh, Peter, you must have uh, speak with honesty and, and say, how, do, how did you feel? I was welcomed by the guys. And I was, I never, it was just a session, the beer. And I think things changed with Jake. I think Jake tried to, to set up a professional environment. And, and I must say, he was bold in saying, the only part I'm here, guys, I'm going to win the World Cup. Are you with me? You either come into the bus or you're going know, to fall on in the bus. I want a professional environment. And the other sideshow, he didn't worry more about. I think also Andrew Peterson, his rest, because he's, he's so rest in peace in terms of Andrew was also the teacher. I think things change depending on the manager and the coach. I think the, 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 the team, the management team, which, which was there, they were only worried about being the world best of team in the world and saying, guys, you are with me or not with me. So, yeah, so I think that I, I, I received a very welcoming uh, appear and uh, congratulations and they would clap. And then, you know, there was not a session specifically uh, on my side because I have to be, you know, be detailed and think back and say, well, I, I, I can't, mustn't uh, uh, follow what, who says what, what was done on me. And it was an outstanding experience. Earlier, you mentioned Chester Williams and he was a role model to you. In 2004, now you were in that position where you were a role model, especially to young black kids growing up, because even at the time, as you say, things had begun to change, but there still were not a lot of black players in the team like we see today. I'm keen to hear how much pressure did you feel that you were under to perform? Well, it was pressure, but then mostly uh, it's, some, it's a pressure that you apply to yourself, not to uh, other people, the spectators, because first you have to believe that are you good enough? then there is that uh, you want to excel. Because as, as I go back to Chester Williams in uh, 1995, watching uh, the Springbok uh, playing, in, and uh, I was uh, 14 years, I didn't know, how to, didn't know how to play rugby. And I took upon myself as saying, well, one day I want to wear the, the, the jersey similar that Madiba was wearing on, on, that, on that day. And what it happened was that, you know, I'm representing a brand. And Chester... And I know that everybody wants to be a springbok. And then I had to work hard. And, and I knew there were lots of people, lots of young kids in the rural, where I'm coming from, rural sky, saying, well, we are having a springbok as well. And then uh, realizing that, yes, it's pressure, but it's something that I put upon myself and say, I must perform to be given another opportunity and given another, another chance. And uh, if you tend to worry about what people say, but you have to uh, focus on yourself, in whatever you do, that okay, I must be comfortable, and uh, I think that was the taste of professionalism. I, I, I was given opportunity to to put my hand up and say, "Well, you played the first test, Tim. Maybe there will be much more to come, but time will tell. It's up to you to perform at the Bulls, at the, at the Pumas at that time." 
Now, as you say, hopefully there were going to be more, but we know now, obviously, that that was not the case. Even so, let's be honest, there are many kids growing up in South Africa, I would have been one of them, dreaming of playing for the Springboks. Now, obviously, in my case, I had no talent, so it never happened. But in many other cases, there might be guys that we've seen, like, say, Victor Matfield or Percy Montgomery, where they play 100 tests for the Springboks. Another guy might only play 10 tests or one test, or in your case, it was only just a few minutes, like 10 minutes or whatever. So it's it's never a case of if you make it that you're going to play a hundred tests. It might only be one day or one experience. What is your advice to youngsters? Well, uh, coming in uh, the young advice and say, well, to a young kid uh, growing up in uh, well, I grew up in the rural Transkei at that time is the Eastern Cape, and uh, one must have a goal and have a vision. And that Springbok for me was that big dream and that vision. And I was, as I said, I was 14 years old when I said, I want to play there. And, and then I said, well, it woke me up. I said, Tim, if you want to play there, what do you do to go closer? I had to identify, had a strategy for myself and say, well, how would I be selected in the better team that perform to get me in the springbook? So you have this sort of a set of a, a, a well, board and well a future board so where do you see yourself as a young kid in the rural in the rural area or in the in the suburb I'm just where do you see yourself how am I gonna go there how am I gonna get there what do I do every day to make me closer to my goal and it was I'll, I'll just search uh, uh, in briefly Peter I was in the rural trans guy and moved to Coxhead College at Grishal School African School but what, what I wanted to go there is to play rugby. From Coxhead College, I went to the Natal. Natal, under, well, under 18, Kevin Wick, and as well. Now I'm a Kevin Wick player. I turned the school. There was no other Kevin Wick player from the school. Then, well, I'm good enough to say, I moved to Amtata, Coxhead, Kevin Wick from Coxhead. Said, well, what's the next day, stage? is to be a Springbok. So how do I go to the, to the under-21s Natal? Let me move closer. Then I went to the to the Shaks Academy. So it was a strategy where my, my way I knew exactly my path was my parents care less that I wanted to, to play Springbok. They they had there. My, I think my father is a army general. Said, Well, you're wasting my time, you're wasting time, you're wasting my money. You must make sure that you make you use play the springbok, or I'm taking you to the to the naval base in someone's town. You'll be a, a, a naval officer as well. Hell no, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave my dream, leave somebody's dream, I'm gonna leave my dream. Because my father wanted me to put me in the army. I wanna do something different. I don't wanna walk in, in uh, I don't walk into his, his uh, shadow. I wanna create my own shadow so other people to walk in, which is the other young kids in the in the rural trans guy, rural areas, to say it's possible. So I had my own mission. And when that mission was achieved as well, I can do Notice everything, everything possible, which I put my mind in. So that's what, when I say the Springbok, Jay-Z capping was a life changing for me because I realized that when you put your mind into something and I put my mind to something, I can achieve it. And it's a matter of uh, having that, that vision. And, 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 I, and I live by saying that it's possible, but you have to think about it, map it up. And uh, you know, so I have that mind map and, and the future board. Tim, the Springbok career 
as, as we said, just the one test match in 2004. But then after that, you continued playing for the Bulls and then you ended up working for the Bulls. Tell me about that. Uh, Peter, I think I, it was an opportunity where I realized after breaking my neck at the Bulls and uh, playing, I think it was uh, uh, against the Lions, I'm sure, uh, 12th of August uh, 2006. And I know the day, I know the date. And... Um, uh, when I went to the Bulls and telling them, uh, well, which is now Pardon uh, uh, Kran and Henneke Meyer, Ian Swartz as a guy, um, all I wanted was being a Springbok, like it or not, Peter, as I said, I told them. And it's, it's, it's time for me to walk away and from playing. It's time for me to walk away because it's a, it was a matter of understanding that I've, my, I've reached my goal of being a Springbok. Now, it's either I go back, and lucky enough, I had a backup. I studied uh, sports science and uh, administration and life after sport. So it was something before playing sport that I have to prepare for life after rugby. And, well, um, I'm glad, well, I'll be happy to learn another avenue of sport. But with, the, with, the, with playing performance, having a neck injury, I'm, I'm ready to walk away. And... Uh, Henneke Meyer himself, which I'll always be grateful for, and Baron uh, Frankhan, uh, well, uh, Ian Swartz is like, Tim, you can't leave. Uh, you've got such a wealth of, of, of experience with you as a professional player. You be part of us as we build the Blue Bulls, as we build the structures, uh, get, get started as a manager for under-21s, under-19s. So that was an opportunity of a lifetime as well. The way I was given... And a, a chance to say, can I do it? And I studied sport management, and as well, and that was the the, the the an opportunity as well. Of I can say, it's up to me to prove myself that I'm part of the system that I understand, which was the Bulls. And I, I, I was there with the mentoring the young players coming in, black players coming in, and being their father and saying, guys, you know, get in. That's how the Bulls work. And we only think to be the best team in the world. And the Bulls at that time, I think 2006, 2007, and uh, they won um, as well. And the Super, Super Rugby uh, Trophy, uh, 2009, 2010, 2011, and the back-to-back. And then the, I think those are the, are the experiences of how to be a professional because you start with yourself. You lead yourself before you lead others, others Peter. So that's how I picked up from sport. That you are captain of yourself, and before you captain other people, then everything will just fall into place. And tell me what happened in terms of your career after the Bulls. What have you been up to? Well, after the Bulls, I just I had to follow my passion. I think I'm a, I'm a person that always follows his passion. I was in a, uh, while I was playing, I was in investment property investment business. And uh, thank you to Ashwin Valemsa. I, I got to to share a room with him at the Springboks. And um, we shared uh, his portfolio of, of housing. And, uh, and as well, one thing I want to do when I leave out of this camp, 2000 and, and 2004, 2005, I bought my first flat in, in Centen. And that was a start. That was the start of my uh, property portfolio. They ended well. Uh, after Bulls, I had an opportunity to join the Mission Holding Group as a strategic partner to the, to the to Chatfana Vault. And where we are developing um, in terms of creating a, a city outside another city in, um, in East London. 
And um, that's why I relocate because I'm living my passion. I'm living my dream. I have to do everything and making sure that that works. So I'm in, in property business, putting up high performance center in, uh, in East London. I've got a site in the hospital. So it's, it's the land is giving us the opportunity, uh, myself in chat and say, we can dream more, but then we have to make sure that our dream is achieved in every year. So, you know, so we are having 5,000 houses uh, currently, residential development, you know, the income groups, uh, mixed income groups. So, I mean, uh, another, I, I can say, I raise capital for a living now. I raise money to, to build and change people's lives in terms of how, what size of the, of the house they want. And then we're able to tailor, make and draw and build it. Just before we say goodbye, the trivia question, yeah. let's have a look at that again. Who captained the Springboks in the first test against New Zealand in 1994? Tim, do you by any chance know the answer? Well, it's Francois Pinot. Oh, Francois Pinot was the Springbok captain at the time, but he was actually injured for the first oh, test. Yeah, so the correct answer is actually Tion Strauss. Uh, Tim, I just wanted to say thank you very much for being a guest on Front Row Rugby today, and it was lovely having you on. And I hope that in the future we can have you on again. No, no, thank you. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me, as I said. Last time on Front Row Rugby, we had former Springbok captain Tion Strauss with us. You can go and have a look at that video. It's appearing on your screen right now. Next time, we will have 2007 World Cup winner JP Peterson. This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. If you enjoyed this content, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends. See you next time.